Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and my guest today is talk show host Kevin McCashin. And Kevin is going to talk. Kevin and I are going to talk about the housing crisis in the city of Albany. So, Kevin, when I sent you that email, were you shocked or surprised or? You just thought, oh, it's par for the course. Well, it's it is par for the course. I mean, we've been through. So the notion of a what are the issues with housing in Albany? You have the Albany Housing Authority, which has two groups of buildings, right? Two groups of buildings. You know, they have multiple buildings. They probably have probably about ten different locations or more. Uh, but they have two specific buildings, one being uh, I.D. Arborough, which has uh, about the two buildings of 224 units, so I'm not sure how many people are in a unit, but that's at least, you know, 400, 500 people right there, as well as the uh, Lincoln Square buildings, which are 391 unit uh, buildings. So you're talking about 1,000, 2,000 people, somewhere in that range. Uh, that mm-hmm. are potentially getting displaced for renovations. I.D. Arbro is renovations, but the uh, Lincoln looks like they're going to decommission those entire buildings. Uh, it looks like Lincoln Square relocation and disposition updates. The the uh, Albany Housing Authority. This was from April, so now we're into into uh, December. Mm-hmm. But this was in April. Albany Housing Authority is in the press from HUD to close. 196 public housing units, so that's at least one whole tower, located in Lincoln Square. They'd like to give the mm-hmm. residents of Lincoln Square and the Resident Advisory Board the opportunity to voice concerns, etc. The uh, They will phase people out, phase relocation of the, and closing of units one, two, and three. So actually, it sounds like it's more than just the one, one building. Units one, two, okay. and three uh, to, to do this, and then what they'll do is relocate uh, to other public housing unit or Section 8 housing voucher. Now, the question is, along with out-of-pocket moving expenses. So, you know, people are going are being displaced, IDR borough. It looks like they've that whole North Albany end of things have been re-renovated over the past few years. Um, but, yeah, this is the trouble with, uh, you know, with public housing when it comes to their ability. One, they, they didn't keep up Lincoln Square. Obviously, if they're getting rid of it, they aren't planning on just going to renovate it. You know, I've been in in there. You know, there's a lot. They're very run down. They, uh, you know, were probably built in the 50s or 60s, right? And they're at the end of their useful life as far as HUD sees it, where they have other plans for the property. That, you know, they could have other, other plans uh, to do something other than public housing there, which wouldn't surprise me, right? So... You have that, plus you have the uh, moratorium on evictions, which Cuomo's going to have to extend further uh, because they're shutting everything down for the pandemic, right? Right. So, so yeah, I, w- I would guess, you know, this is probably, if they would put notice out of this out in April, they're probably, and you haven't heard any of this in the media. Mm-hmm. You can't find any local news on this, which is What uh, do you think that typical. is? Well, what do you it, think it's that typical that you, you got a lot of lazy reporters. 
is what's going on. They're they're out of touch with the what they claim to be their uh, you know the people they care about the most, right? I mean, why would it be for the small micro F station for your show to be the only one who's really talking about this? Uh, you know, and what are the next plans for it? Now in Troy, when they redid the Martin Luther King housing projects, they did a weird thing where they went out and got private financing for it, which essentially was. I think under the Obama administration, they set up the rules so these major real estate investment trusts or banks, which have massive tax bills to pay, can just give uh-huh. a lump. Uh, they can give lump sums of cash to housing authorities or for public housing, and then they don't have to pay the taxes on it. So you know they they, they reset the system so they can play these tricks, which. You know, one one housing authority official in Troy, you know, he's retired, but he said, you know, I said, explain how this works, where you guys get the $25 million you need for the renovation, and then that was going to be a tax bill. It never has to be paid back by the wealthy, you know, investment company or the bank. And he said, yeah, it's just a kind of a sophisticated form of stealing, you know. And so this is what I, I would suspect would happen with that or with Lincoln, or they're going to try to gentrify. And that's hard to, it's hard to say without seeing any new projects, but it's definitely a story that's worth pursuing more. You have um, the Albany housing authority, which, as I said, I was in uh, the boiler room and and the mechanical rooms for these towers. And there, if that was ever uh, an administration run under an administration that was opposed to, the people who are running it, they would have had a total, a ton of code violations. You would, you, you would have seen it shut down and be on the front page story. In other words, if there was a Republican administration as there was in Troy and the Republicans placed their people in the Troy housing authority and they maintained those buildings that I saw, the mechanical rooms that I saw in the mm-hmm. manner in which they did it. And there was a democratic administration like there was, you know, in uh, Troy after the Republican administration, they would shut those buildings down. So the decommissioning uh, may be extremely warranted. The question is, one, there's a lot of pain and dislocation for people who are uh, the most vulnerable. They're either disabled or they're unable to work or, you know, I mean, it's not, they aren't living in luxury in uh, some public housing projects. And so, the notion is they're just going to give them private Section 8 vouchers. So now they're sent out into whatever other housing stock is out there. Obviously, a Section 8 voucher would be used for uh, private private uh, apartments. And I'm not sure what – all the new housing projects that I see in, in uh, you know, at least the new apartments and stuff are all market-rate apartments in Albany. You don't see much that's being built in Albany with uh, – subsidized housing like over in troy troy there's a lot all the new all the new uh buildings are essentially uh you know either market rate or market rate with with some mixed uh subsidized housing you know or affordable mm-hmm. housing as they like to, as they like to call it right it's subsidized by the government it makes it more affordable when in reality if you had builders building more and more housing which they're not because new york state is so terrible they would lower the, you know, the price would be lower because there would be more competition. So, so, so um, ultimately, I, I'm just surprised ultimately, I haven't seen any of this anywhere. Ultimately, Kevin, what do you think is going to happen? We're in the midst of 
a pandemic, which is spiking all the time. What do you think yeah. is going to happen to the to the most vulnerable people that are in that situation? Well, uh, you know, it looks like they're in the midst of being displaced right now. It, the problem is you just have zero coverage of it. You know, where are the tenant housing groups complaining in the Times Union or anything like that? They're totally, they seem like they're fairly silent as far as that goes, at least where in any of the, you know, and I'm going? on top of the media. What's that? Where are these people, where are these people well, going? Well, they're going to have to, <laughs> it's a good question. It's a, it's a great question and it's a great story. You know, it's got a lot of personal impact. I mean, you're not talking about an insignificant number. You're talking about 1,000 to 2,000 people over the next Mm -hmm. 12 to 18 months, as well as, you know, there's a a moratorium on foreclosures, but that also means that there's no, there's nothing else that's being freed up. So uh, it's fascinating. So how long do you think this? Albany Housing Authority, they really don't put their minutes up on their website too well. I see this April meeting, but I haven't seen anything on their website from after that, you know, and I could be wrong, obviously, but uh, you see a lot of meeting minutes, but you don't see as far as that goes. So you have Ida Yarborough getting renovated, and then, uh-huh. you know, in the event, these projects have to get renovated, but it looks like Lincoln Square is getting totally shut down. Yeah, you know, it's almost similar to those towers that are by uh, in the pastures there. Those are empty, right? Or mostly? Hmm. We have the Taylor so, apartments over in Troy that are going to get ripped down. The big towers by the, you know, this is all this unlivable garbage that they built in the 60s and 70s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. So. so do you think this problem has been ongoing even before the Sheehan administration? Well, yeah. I, you know, I mean, uh, the, the housing stock, obviously there's issues with it. You know, you have 500 abandoned properties. People couldn't afford to live in Albany, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the, what the land bank has picked up. You know, 500 to 800, I think, empty properties. And uh, they're trying to get people back into there. But I, I couldn't see why people, especially with this bit high spike in crime, you know, who would be attracted to, you know, only the most vulnerable people stay in Albany. So mm-hmm. you, you have a phase, a phase 12 to 18 12 to 18 months since, I don't know if it's approved yet, 12 to 18 months as of last April when they tried to do this to try to get uh, the relocation of residents and the closing of one, two, and three Lincoln Square Towers. So it's a story where I haven't seen anybody, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but but obviously it's going to happen. So and where are so, the common uh, council members? The common yeah, council members. Where's the single times union article? See anything? Mm-hmm. And you know, and there's no real alternative weekly. The alt went out of business. There's no alt right. weekly papers. There's a couple of couple little websites. Uh, a couple little websites, but you haven't seen much on that. But it's really, uh, it's a really great, it's a it's a great question and it's a great topic. You know, where are the advocates for this? You know, what what other constituents are. You know, where, so suddenly you lose 500, 600, 700 constituents in, uh, in that district where Lincoln Square is. You would think whoever represents that district would be interesting 
interested to see what's going on there, but it's really, uh, it's really. Actually, do you know who represents that um, that particular area? I'm pulling them and asking to come on. Yeah. I think it's Carolyn McLaughlin. No, I'll tell you in a minute. So, uh, the, you know, it's just uh, that, and obviously the the moratorium on foreclosures, and and here they are with Congress. You have the news that Bernie Sanders was out saying that Nancy Pelosi turned down, uh, you know, turned down uh, cash for constituents multiple times before the election, and she's still delaying on it. You know, Bernie Sanders was on CNN saying that uh, mm-hmm. Pelosi you know, was playing political games, right? Playing political games for coronavirus relief. And, you know, this was uh, last Monday. He was on, uh, he was on CNN and said, uh, Jake, with Jake Tapper, he asked, uh, Jake Tapper asked the Senator whether it was a mistake for Democrats to walk away from the White House's $1.8 trillion bill because she Mm -hmm. wanted $2.2 trillion. And he said, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which would have likely included $1,200 direct payments to all Americans, which is nothing. It's peanuts, right? I mean, remember, right. even, as a liber- even as a libertarian, this is a government-induced economic crisis. You know, these guys, are, these guys put everybody out of work. they got to make up for it. And, uh, you know, and, and they're not. And that leads to more pressure on the public housing, right? People can't afford private housing, or, or you know, I mean, even though there's no eviction moratorium, there will be. There's going to be a lot of people evicted. And, and the other thing that's not fair for landlords, they haven't stopped any of the uh, utilities or uh, the tax collection. If they stop the tax collection, you can afford to stop the rent collection. Otherwise, they're just tapping into your, tapping into you know, savings or whatever. So what? So. You know, Bernie Sanders said, what we need is a compromise. I can't get everything I want, but this bill is not really a compromise. And Sanders said, um, you know, that the, the new bill, which is only $908 billion, is too much for, for the Republican side of things. So, uh, you know, it doesn't include a second stimulus check. But, but Trump would have given him a second stimulus check before the election because it would have helped him with, the, with voters, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got a mess on your hands, and it's all coronavirus. You know, there was a maybe there was a housing crisis or an affordability crisis before because you have such high unemployment mm-hmm. in uh, the city of Albany. But you know, this is going to be a catastrophe even when this stuff finally thaws out. You know, and and people can start to get back to normal. Because so what do you envision if all this goes? What do you envision if all this goes through? Well, you know, you're going to get to uh, to exactly who benefits. I mean, who's benefited right now from the pandemic and the shutdown? Your major corporations. So even your even your individual private small business uh, landlords are going to get snapped up by big corporations because they can't afford to pay their taxes and stuff like that because they can't collect any rent because there's no foreclosures. They can't get anybody okay. new in there. So it's going to be a mess. And do you think that there'll be a lot more deaths because of this? Well, patient in general, 
yeah, I suppose you could contract the uh, contract the virus, uh, you know, uh, somewhat. But the big thing is just how do you unwind this, and what are her plans for? You know, what where she, where are the people, the thousand people or whatever relocated from that district? Where are they going? It's right. uh, it's kind and, of fast. You know, it won't be too long before. The petitioning process that starts, the mayor will be up for re-election if she decides to do that. The common council will be up for re-election. And we have a housing crisis. Something doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, it's a definite issue uh, that I'm surprised nobody's picked up on with the relocation and where specifically... 500 or 1,000 people are going to go. You know, now they kind of spell out their choices. Their choices aren't much. Go stay with your relatives until we renovate for ID Arborough. But Mm -hmm. Lincoln is, they're gone, you know. You know, and so do they build more, or is it just a plan to get people into more privately run public housing, which is what the Section 8 vouchers are all about, right? That's what So you think that building's going to be totally demolished? Yeah, Lincoln Lincoln looks like it's going to be totally demolished, and that's Ward 2. And Ward 2 is um, – Ward 2 is – who's your council person right. there? Yeah, whoever has South End. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe I should give them a call and ask them to – well, and yeah, or if, if they know any know anything about it, and why aren't they in the Times Union bringing people to attention so people can come help out with it, right? right. You know what? Right. What? Uh, you know, don't you don't you don't you want to? I mean, these guys are always looking to be in the media, or they used to, but they don't even in Albany. They're not even, with the exception of Awusu and Nani, they really are missing in action. Mm. You know. So and do you and think not only that, you do have you do have guys like Kelly Kimbrough who are on the Detroit, I'm sorry, the uh, Albany Housing Authority board. You know the the board, um, as far as that goes. But yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of surprised to see uh, exactly what you're saying. You know, you haven't seen anything. What are they doing with Lincoln? What who's getting that land? Are they going to demolish it? Do they have a plan for redevelopment? Is something going out to bid? You know, we know in Troy that the Taylor apartments have been awarded. They're going to in the end of the uh, fourth quarter, but they're but they're abandoned apartments. You know, they've already they've already uh, been empty for a while, and then they'll figure mm-hmm. out what they're going to do with the rest of it. You know, and so yeah, I was surprised. I'm surprised the people who are in uh, into um, Kelly Kimbrough, but it says well at least the current board is, uh, you know, Michael Whalen, Kelly Kimbrough, uh, Linda Mitchell, Mark, Bob Semple, Audrey Lemon, and Melvinia Jenkins. So, you know, there's, um, at least Kimbrough is a pretty vocal person, you know, as far as being on the, uh, being on the common council. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, you know, that's good to know. Uh, I'm going to reach out to him and see if he'll come on focus on Albany and 
Sure. Was, yeah, was, you know, and, and there's got to be tenant, rep- tenant representatives there. And how much of a fight was there? You know, we see this April meeting that's online. But the question is, is, you know, how much, uh, you know, more can they do? And what, what are their, what's the game plan for it after? Just abandon it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, right. it's hard to say. So when I sent you that, that email that I had gotten, that was the first time that you had any awareness of what was going on? Yeah, you know, the the Lincoln Square stuff, uh, it was kind of surprising. I mean, ID Yarborough being renovated, that's kind of standard procedure. You, you know, they did a bunch down there, a bunch of uh, renovations. It's actually Derek Johnson who was the representative down in the second ward where Lincoln mm-hmm. Square is. So that would be, uh, you know, he's been sort of vocal on stuff. You know, it's, so uh, we have, it's... Besides housing, what do you think also will be the major issues in the upcoming city elections? Uh, well, yeah, housing will be an issue if anybody talks about it. And so, okay. uh, you know, the last thing you saw, uh, you know, I would say the violence would be it. You know, it's just the usual thing. It's, it's how do they get through the pandemic? How do they get money? You know, Kathy's there waiting for a bailout from uh, D.C., which I'm sure will come at some point. But uh, the last word was December of 2018. The Albany Housing Authority had, had to remain the to demolish the remaining public housing towers around Lincoln Park. And they mm-hmm. kept losing. They kept losing this Hope Sticks grant administered through uh, HUD to help pay for revitalization or demolition of severely distressed housing. That Longo of the Housing Authority, who retired, I believe, said uh, they aim to find developers who want to build mixed-use structures in Lincoln Square so that officials have to have an economic development plan when they seek funding to demolish it. So they must have gotten some funding. They've been trying to do it. But the question is, is, uh, you know, the housing authority was able to tear down one, but they, they need to uh, come up with, come up with a, a game plan. So the question is, do they have a good game plan? Do they have somebody who's willing to come in? Mm. And so, now, the, the, yeah, the, so the authority has continued to, to develop, uh, to uh, house residents, and if a viable plan and developers found, so that must have total apartment units around hover around 2,400. So they make their improvements at, at IDR, bro. But uh, this one, they, they want out, and, uh, you know, we have to see what the deal is. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting year, and it's gonna start soon. Um, yeah, have you well, heard, I'll see. Go ahead. Have you heard any any scuttlebutt about anybody running to oppose Kathy Sheehan? Not only Corey Ellis, and I don't know how bad he wants it. So right. We'll have to see. Any, uh, any, 
Any Republicans stepping up to the plate? No, I'm not sure. Uh, there's not much of a Republican Party in Albany. Not much of a Republican Party in Albany. You know, we had Jesse Calhoun did in the past. He's a good guy. But yeah. he only gets so far. He only gets so far. Jesse only gets so far. You know, remember, you don't have a single Republican council person on the council. So the primary is the election. I think last time around there was only one one person that ran for a common council seat. One Republican. And that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. One Republican out of 15. Yeah. So well, Albany's got, the, Albany's, Albany's got a, a one-party paradise, and look, they can't even handle They have a housing crisis. <laughs> right. You can't blame that on the Republicans, right? This is true. You know, this is true. You know, they so, got as much crime. They have the most crime in the capital district. You can't blame that on the Republicans. Yeah, I guess you could. You could say that the gun restrictions are loose in other states, so stolen guns wind up in Albany. But I mean, that's not quite the same thing as pulling the trigger. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we'll have to get an update of this. You know, Man, Manny Freeze did the last. Uh, did the last piece. I'll see if we can get Steve Hughes of the Times Union to, to follow up and get a little bit of attention on this. It's just kind okay. of shocking. That, that sounds great. This sounds great. And then I'll, I'll probably do some shows after the, the New Year's on the housing crisis in the city of Albany. So we have yeah. just a couple of minutes left, Kevin. Give yourself a plug. I'm uh Kevin McCashin, and it's uh, Road Rage Radio afternoons, 3 to 6, on Talk 1300 AM, 98.7 FM, or streamed live online at uh, talk1300.com. Okay, Kevin, do you like doing one-on-one, or are you happy with the callers? Will you get, like, hundreds of callers every day? Does that appeal to you? You find well, that when fun? I have a lot of callers? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's fun. You know, I. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it, when there, when you have a lot of callers, it's good on uh, talk radio. And some shows uh, are more informational where I want to cover stuff because I know people don't know stuff. But then when it's a, a simple topic that people really are passionate about, so you don't stop them. You you just take as many calls as possible, and uh, people okay. get to have their voice, you know, get to have their okay. voice heard. I mean, we, you know, talk radio used to be a lot bigger. People kind of moved on to uh, Facebook and stuff like that. But now you find out that Facebook's kind of censoring people, and uh, you know, and it's a, a chance for people to uh, get their voice heard to thousands and thousands of people. You know, which is a pretty good thing. And uh, but but it it seems like. Talk radio is not as big as it was it used to be in the past because there's so much competition for other outlets, wow. you know. So but it's Kevin, still a pretty good service for the public. We will talk again. Um, so you've been listening to Kevin McCashin, Talk 1300 Radio from 3 to 6 every Monday through Friday, World Rage. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on on Twitter. Kevin, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk.